Hey, 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 Brockton. How are you? It's Greg McLean here on A Slice of Brockton podcast with a really special guest today. Um, his worship, the mayor, Chris Peabody. Mr. Peabody, Mayor Peabody, his worship Peabody, <laughs> welcome to the show. How are you today? Thank you, Greg. I'm doing well. Nice sunny day here in January. We don't get too many of them, so we'll take what we can get. Yeah, what do you do on a nice sunny day in January when you're not the mayor? Well, today I got to uh, go and, uh, well, it was the second day, but uh, kick off our, our skating oval and our cross-country ski track down at Lobby's Park. And uh, I, I, the park was packed today with people using uh, both facilities. So it was great to see. Great to see our uh, Walkerton Rotary Club chipping in some money and the Walkerton Firefighters doing the, uh, the work to groom the trail, the ski trail, and then, of course, our rec department uh, flooding the rink. And uh, so it was, um, it was a great day, great Sunday, nice sunny, not too cold, a nice minus five degree day to enjoy the winter. I like how you got the weather in there. Like you slid that in there. That was great. I, I really uh, have an affinity for the weather as well. So yeah, it's a great, it's a great time. I mean, uh, I'm not sure when this show is going to be published. Hopefully it's going to be in the first week of, of February. So I'm kind of looking ahead here, but yeah. uh, certainly we're in the midst of, uh, you know, our fourth wave and uh, you know, people are getting really, really fatigued by this and, and the fact that we've got something in the park um, that will help people get outside and stay active, which is a great form of self-care is, is excellent. So thanks. Thanks for that good news. So uh, mayor, um, I'd like you to, uh, you know, uh, as the mayor, people know you as the mayor. I don't know if people know you uh, in your personal background at all, but um, I'd like to ask guests, uh, you know, how did, tell me about your journey to, to Brockton. How did, how did you come to be here and tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Well, I, I, uh, when I graduated from Teachers College in 1987, I applied to 70 school boards. And this was the, uh, the first one where I got an interview. It was <coughs> successful. I was hired on in mild May. Never taught a day in mild May. I was moved over to uh, Formosa before I could start. Taught there two years. And then I got a uh, high school geography job over in Walkerton at Sacred Heart High School. So that's how I, I uh, came to this area. And uh, in that first uh, few years there, I, I met and uh, fell in love with Pam Slosser. We got married in 1992 and uh, had two children with Pam. And uh, the, the, the boys um, went to school in, in Walkerton. And uh, now they both graduated. One's in Hamilton and one is in Windsor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and 70, well, I'm, I'm struck by 70 school boards. Like right now, if you didn't want to be the mayor, we, you could be probably higher in the school board in a second. What, what was going on that you had to apply to 70? Oh, I think there was, uh, I know, um, you know, my age group, it's one of the largest age groups in, in Canadian history. The, uh, the people born in the early sixties. So, uh, because of that job competition for jobs in all sectors, for people my age was uh, intense back then. Now we've got uh, a lot fewer people graduating and uh, 18 years old from high school. So they, they can have their pick of jobs. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of a, a book I read called boom bust and echo having the, the demographics and how it's shaped uh, economics and economic policy. Have you ever, have you ever heard of that book? Yeah. David foot U of T. 
Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Look at that. Great. Great. Connecting on that book. Um, yeah, that's great. I uh, appreciate uh, that, that background. And, and you've been in politics now a long time, like you're a fixture in, yeah. in, in Brockton politics. Um, tell me a little bit about that journey. Well, I've been in politics 22 years. I first got involved uh, when uh, in the year of the uh, Walker and E. coli crisis. And uh, I, I ran for office uh, at that time that year of the E. coli crisis and uh, was elected to council along with uh, Charlie Bagnato for elected councillor. That's right. There we go. Excellent. And, and what, what was the impetus behind running for council mayor? Well, uh, out of the uh, O'Connor inquiry, there was um, some concern about uh, environmental regulations and deregulation of uh, the water supply in Ontario, and uh, it did contribute to the deaths of seven people. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, I thought, uh, well, you shouldn't just sit around um, critiquing politics. If if you want uh, if you want to change something and uh, have an impact on uh, positive laws that uh, protect people's uh, health, mm-hmm. then uh, you need to get involved. So that was my motivation. And uh, over the 22 years, uh, somehow you decided that you were going to run for mayor. Tell me about what you were thinking uh, when you made that decision. Well, Dave Ingalls had uh, retired at the time, so uh, I served five terms on council, so it was either time to, to, uh, to get off council uh, as a councillor or uh, step up. And I, I did decided to, uh, to step up and uh, run for the mayor's job. Yeah. Tell me, what was that like to, to run for mayor? Was that like a, like, was that, was that anxious or, or nerve wracking or what was that process like? Well, any, any elections nerve wracking because you're putting yourself out there uh, to be um, evaluated uh, by the people. So whenever I watch the elections, federal, provincial, municipal, no matter uh, who the candidate is, I always empathize with them because you're, you're putting yourself out there you're volunteering for public service and uh, it is uh, nerve wracking because you, you may face uh, some, some rejection. Yeah. And we all know that rejection, no one likes rejection. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, it is a, a tense time, but you got to get out there. And uh, if you are running for office, you've got to get out there. You got to put your ideas together, of what you're going to contribute in, in your idea of uh, serving the community and pitch them to the people, and hopefully you can uh, win, win people over. Yeah, I think you did, I guess, right? This is your year number three of, of the mandate, correct? Full three full years. Yeah, this is yeah. Year, year four. Year uh, four, your beginning yeah. of four, okay, right. So beginning can we- year four, yeah. So yep. this, is, this year is an election cycle. Can, uh, can we uh, get a, a hint about what you might be doing in uh, October? Well, it's only January, and because we were totally ensnared in this COVID mess once again in wave five, I haven't thought about it a lot because I, I have been thinking about a lot of some of the negative things going on in the community with uh, COVID, and just hope that uh, by the time we get to March, that maybe then it will be time for not only me, but everybody else to start thinking about some, some normal things and making normal plans for the rest of the year. But right now, sort of a um, day-to-day thing, seeing um, how bad 
this fifth wave will get. So for, for example, we've been told that um, in January, we can expect 30% of our employees to miss work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's a problem. Um, the uh, long-term care homes, half of them in the province on this very night that we're speaking on January 15th, half of them have COVID outbreaks. So it's ah. quite, a, quite a scary time and uh, it's uh, a, a worrisome time. So that's what I'm focused on. Uh, worrying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Worry. <laughs> yeah. Worry. Yeah. I can, I can understand that. I can understand that. Um, it must be especially challenging when you're in leadership and you, you know, I, I look, I, I, I don't have, I, I don't want to be someone like I wouldn't want to have Doug Ford's job right now because I just don't think he can win no matter what happens. Um, but it must be especially hard to be in leadership when you're leading through something that's not just like one event, right? Like this is an ongoing thing that's been almost two years. Any comments on that? Well, it's just, uh, it's, it's wave after wave, just as I said. And uh, just when we're told that uh, this will be the last one, something else pops up. And uh, on Thursday at County Council, we are dealing with the long-term care homes, and we have two of them in the county. And um, we're in, in the spot where we do have, this time, 20 to 30% of our workers off. And uh, we're making plans to redeploy other county workers, the library, the museum, coming mm. to work to make sure that uh, our residents are taken care of. So those are some uh, plans that we've been uh, been working on and talking about. And uh, the county's lucky enough that we have that pool for the long-term care to draw on. I, I am quite worried as a leader in the community about the smaller nursing homes that aren't backed up by the mm-hmm. county. And, yeah. Uh, what's what's going to happen there and to answer your question it's just uh no it's just unbelievable that it just keeps recurring you know who i i um just uh really told the rest of the accounts i really can't believe that we're in this mess again with uh worrying about long-term care and the workers mm-hmm. and residents and the covid and i know parents they're back and they're saying the same thing about the homeschooling and our restaurant owners and uh, the people who make a living serving in the restaurant saying the same thing. Just can't believe it's over and over again, this repetitive cycle of, of bad news. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really also feel for um, anyone who's really taken another, again, with this wave and t- taken it on the chin. And it seems like certain sectors are, are getting it on the chin each time. And, and I feel badly about that. Um, and, uh, you know, appreciate uh, certainly, you know, the, the positive news that we're trying to have uh, in the community to kind of, you know, help us get through. How do you persevere, Mayor? How do you how, how are you getting through this? What are you doing to get through this? Well, I think uh, on the one hand, as as mayor, it's uh, it is stressful. Um, but on the other hand, um, I wouldn't call it a positive, but mayors have been very busy through this and have had lots of um, involvement and decisions to make. So it's a a day-to-day thing that keeps you going because you have to move from uh, issue to issue. So Mm. one day it's the, um, it's uh, dealing with the long-term care. And then another day it might be dealing with the um, 
you know, what are we doing with the, with the workers at the rec department? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The arena. What do we do with the ice? Right. Do we keep it in? Do we take it out? Or do we have enough snowplow drivers? Yeah. Well, luckily this year so far, well, that hasn't been a problem, but who knows? <laughs> who knows? Well, I noticed we had the, um, the Greenock landfill. Didn't have enough workers at our landfills. So we, uh, people had to drive over to Brant on Saturday. So, right. Example. All these things. All these things. Um, on a on a personal note, what do you do to take care of yourself? Like, what I, I maybe listeners are interested in in your self care. How do you, how do you? I mean, I, I can understand that you're just in the busyness. You're just so busy that you don't have time to put your head up. But uh, but obviously, you you've got to take care of yourself because you're doing well, right? Well, try to get uh, a walk in every day. So no matter what the weather, I I go walking whether it's uh, down on the river trail. Uh, uh, over to Lobby's Park or the Brant Tract. Mm-hmm. That's a great spot for a walk or around the Marl Lakes is what I usually do. Walk mm-hmm. the lakes. Yeah, that's great. Glad, glad to hear that. What are, what are some hobbies when you're not the mayor? Uh, maybe, maybe being the mayor is your hobby. I don't, <laughs> I don't know, but what, what, what does uh, Mayor Peabody do when it's just Chris Peabody? What do you like to do? Well, one of my favorite things is uh, I, I like going up to a, uh, an old uh, abandoned farm I have on the peninsula. And I like going up there and I like uh, cutting firewood. You're like, that's great. It's a great workout. So not something you could do in the summer because it's too hot, but certainly in the spring, I love uh, getting up there and uh, getting some firewood ready for the, uh, the winter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's being out. That's out nature, right? That's so, uh, excellent. Yep. So, my favorite hobbyist tool is my chainsaw, my still chainsaw, and I have two of them. I know some people would be surprised. Some people have seen pictures of me on Facebook with my still chainsaw, and they wonder who I borrowed it from. <laughs> why, why do they wonder that? I guess they don't associate. Often people see me downtown with my suits on, and maybe they ah. wouldn't associate somebody that wears a suit with a, uh, the chainsaw. Oh, some stereotypes. Some stereotypes going there. I think. Yeah. Um, well, I actually had a visual of you being kind of Paul Bunyan-ish with your axe, but that's not, you don't have a big axe that you're, you're doing. It's just a chainsaw. No, no, just the chainsaw, the two of them. Yeah. What, what, what's the size of the chainsaw that you have? Oh, I have the base level still, and I have the, uh, the larger one, larger, the two of them. The small so, one for trimming and a big one for felling. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad that you are able to differentiate your tools for the purpose of the job. Uh, I have a small little steel, so uh, probably it's the entry, it's the entry, entry level. <laughs> and then I can't can't forget that uh, my wife. She helps me out. I um, with the bigger trees. We have a rope on the tree, and uh, Mark Vandeviver taught me how to uh, throw a, a lead rope up and get a big rope around the tree. And then I always put Don on the duty of the tree to make sure it doesn't come down on me <laughs> that's a that's a great job mark vandeweyer taught me all, all how to do it yeah oh well that's great uh does uh the donna she's okay with that or would she like to do the chainsaw from time to time uh before mark gave me some lessons uh, she wasn't okay with it <laughs> now she is oh yeah well you could see that going any number of ways with a chainsaw right yeah wow yeah. Hey, uh, tell me, you know what? I know you uh, personally, obviously, and uh, I know you, you've got some interesting footwear. Can you talk about your, 
shoe collection. Like, you're no Amelda Marcos. I know that, but, but you do like your shoes. Tell me about that. Well, I, I, uh, I have a whole variety of shoes, um, that, uh, to, for, for the job, because I have to, uh, have a uniform being in a suit. I have a, um, quite a collection of dress shoes, maybe 30. And my, my favorite pair, I had an alligator skin pair of shoes, but, uh, I lost those. (laughs) Where, where, where where, where would you have lost those? (laughs) I lost them at my uh, brother-in-law's house. Uh, I think the, um, uh, the maid, um, didn't like shoes at the front door. It was a, um, cultural thing. So she thought they were his and put them away in his closet. What percentage of your shoes would you say are really pointy-toed? Well, I used to have a lot of pointy-toed ones, but uh, since becoming mayor, I've, uh, I shy away from the pointy-toed ones. What, what's the why? I'm curious. I just uh, was opting for the, uh, the more, more traditional type. I see. I see. Yeah, the pointy-toed shoes maybe just yeah. doesn't. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks for indulging me on that shoe thing. I, I, you know, the listeners want to always know something a little bit interesting and yeah, other than just the mayor stuff, right? Of course. Yeah. Hey, what's the what's the best mistake you ever made? You know, and not necessarily as a mayor, but just as as a person where you've made a mistake and and it turned out to be like amazing. Tell me about that. Oh, I don't know if it turned out to be amazing. I I know my worst political mistake. What's and, uh, I'll tell you that um, my my mentor Dave Thompson, the former mayor, he uh, he warned me about this, but I voted against it, and he turned out to be right. Uh, after the uh, E. coli, we were going to have a, uh, a big water system for Bruce County. It was going to come from Wyerton. It was going to service, um, service Paisley and Chesley and Walkerton. And um, the cost of the time was $60 million. The province is going to pay for most of it. And uh, I know a group of us, we voted against it. And uh, so there's no regional water system because we were concerned about the uh, costs and the costs getting out of control. But looking back on it, I think it would have been a, a great system over at the Mara Lakes. They've had a few problems with the uh, blue green algae in the water that would have cured that problem. And in Walkerton, we've got um, got really hard water. People know that. And uh, that would have solved that problem. Mm. So voting down the regional water system in the year 2003 was a big mistake and the, the money to pay for that from the government will never come back. But uh, it would have been great to have lake water in nice, soft lake water in Walkerton. I, I wasn't, I wasn't aware of that. Uh, yeah, you're right. It's hard water. I, I mean, it would have been nice to have that soft water without having to go and, you know, have a salt water system in your house. And now with this, uh, all this growth that we're getting in Walkerton, uh, we do have enough water for for the growth but um if um another 10 years we are going to need a uh, a new water tower so there's a cost to that now had we had the regional water system probably wouldn't have needed that so it's um anyway there's unforeseen consequences to one's one's uh voting mm-hmm yeah, and, and you don't always know which is going to stick uh, later on, which no. is the big miss, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, that's, I didn't, again, thank you for shedding some light on, on that. Uh, as the mayor of Brockton, um, what do you think the best thing is about living here in town, or the municipality, I should say? Well, Brockton, I think um, there's a few great things. One is the, uh, we've got the uh, rural area, 
and people uh, should be really appreciative of uh, the role that agriculture plays in our economy, producing $200 million in, uh, in farm gate receipts a year with uh, all of the different uh, cash crops and livestock that we have. And uh, so that's, um, that's the core of our economy here in Brockton. And I think I always like to, to promote that. And um, living in the area, people can uh, take advantage of the outdoors. Our great uh, Saugine River, as well as uh, easy access to the beaches on Lake Huron. And um, if you look at Walkerton itself, and the little hamlets we have, those are um, great little places uh, to raise a family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would have to agree. All those things that you said are things that uh, I know when I moved to the area, um, I noted myself and it kept me here uh, from being down in the GTA. And I'm so glad for it. Um, could I ask you, um, what's something that you would like me to ask you, but I didn't know enough information or knowledge to be able to ask you, what would you like? What would you like to let people know that I didn't ask you? Uh, oh, that's one of those uh, interview questions where you <laughs> come with your own questions. <laughs> well, yeah, I got to fill up a two or three more minutes with your own questions. Uh, well, you could ask. Uh, you could ask me how the municipal council gets along. Okay, would you like me to ask you that? Sure. Uh, Mayor, how does the municipal council get along? Well, I think uh, I'm I'm uh, very proud of uh, uh, Brockton Council's um, the way things have gone. Uh, we do have a diverse council. Often we do have split votes, but what I like about it is that uh, even if we do have a split votes, people don't uh, take it personally, and um, the uh, it doesn't um, you know the meetings are always uh, cordial. If I look around, there's um, there's six councils in the area where um, they've got integrity commissioner complaints on the go and councillors fighting with each other, but uh, we don't have that. So uh, very happy with uh, the way things are working on uh, council. So it's uh, I think it's been a good, uh, cohesive, productive group to work with. Well, that's excellent. I think if we have a cohesive, productive group, then that should have benefits for our municipality. Wouldn't you think? Yeah. People like, they like, uh, they don't like to see their council. Everybody raise their hand on, on every single issue uh, over and over again. They, they like people expressing opinions, but at the same time, they don't want to see bickering and uh, fighting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, I'm glad that you asked me to ask you that question. <laughs> Hey, uh, we're coming to the end of, of our conversation, Mayor. And, and again, I really want to thank you for uh, spending uh, a few minutes um, getting to uh, these questions and, and having the conversation and having people abroad to get to know a little bit more about you. Um, I'm wondering if you, um, if you had a message for the people of Brockton, or I'll give you a choice, uh, or if there was a billboard outside of coming into Brockton and you could put a message on it, um, what would it be? So you can choose either of those questions to take on well um i'd have i'd have to think about that as uh right now um you know those type of messages i think ring a bit hollow in the times of uh covid people are a little bit fed up with um you know for example the in it together slogan and um i think i'd 
have to wait till COVID was over to reframe a positive message. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Because I know a lot of people, um, you know, just, just aren't feeling it right now. No, I, th- I would probably agree with the In It Together 2.0 or 3.0 or 4.0 was kind of like, you know, <laughs> just the way I'm feeling too, right? But but we'll find ways to persevere. We, we all are. We all still are going and, and you're still going and, uh, you know, you're persevering and uh, that's great. It's a great uh, example for the, for the community. So, Mayor, thank you so much for uh, chatting with me today and uh, look forward to posting this and uh, having other people getting a chance to hear it. Okay, well, thank you. Thank you, Greg. Thank you for uh, letting me kick off a slice of Brockton. Well, that is awesome. It's I thought of uh, that would be a really appropriate way to to kick off this podcast. So thank you very much for joining me today. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.